Good evening, Philadelphia Eagles fans of Australia. Welcome to the very first inaugural podcast of Birds Down Under. My name is Tom Longhurst, and I'm going to be your host for, we'll see how long this thing goes. I'll give it a year. And uh, we're going to give Australia its very first Philadelphia Eagles podcast. I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, You may ask yourself, what is a Canadian doing running a Philadelphia Eagles podcast? out of Sydney, Australia, and what business does this person have in doing so? And that is a great question. I am a Canadian. I have lived in Australia now for 17 years here in Sydney, and um, my Eagles credentials are thankfully more extensive. I've been an Eagles fan since the 1990 season, week 10 to be specific, when the Eagles upset, upset the New York Giants, who would go on to win the Super Bowl. I was hooked watching Randall Cunningham and Reggie White as an impressionable 15-year-old. And uh, I've loved them ever since. I have gone to both of their last two Super Bowls, the last of which, of course, they won and was one of the great moments of my life. I've been to games many years now, many in Philadelphia, back in Veterans Stadium in the good old days. been to the Meadowlands, been to Chicago, been to Arizona. A few places to see the, the Eagles play. I've been to their training camps. I've met some players. Um, heck, I missed a, an hour of a final exam in university to watch Trey Thomas selected in the first round of the 1998 draft. I've also coached football. I played for 11 years in high school in football, um, predominantly defensive line. So, you know, I, I come with a lot of background in with this team. Uh, I'm a diehard Eagles fan and have been for a very long time. And I thought, you know, now the Eagles have opted to turn Sydney into or Australia, I should say, into a focused marketing market um, with, rumor has it, a game coming in 2024, I thought, we need a voice. Australian football fans, Australian Eagles fans need somebody to capture the mood down here. Um, And obviously, this has all started because of our man, Jordan Mailata, who I might add is the first offensive lineman jersey I have ever purchased. I own 14 Eagles jerseys. And uh, this is the very first one that I can say uh, was an offensive lineman. My very first jersey, if you're curious, was Randall Cunningham. Um, Not surprising, I suppose. I also own Reggie White, uh, Andy Harmon, Mike Mamula, to name a few. Uh, Deuce Staley, um, obviously Brian Westbrook, Brian Dawkins, Jeremiah Trotter. Um, None of these names will surprise anybody. Fletcher Cox, Nick Foles. Got to love Nick Foles. Uh, Carson Wentz, I might add, though, I've just bought a new nameplate to turn Carson Wentz into A.J. Brown. Uh, I've also got, uh, as I said, Jordan Malata and Devontae Smith, of which my kids have Devontae Smith jerseys as well. So I probably missed a couple in there, but uh, safe to say I've been at it a little while. So what the heck is this thing going to look like? Um, you know, I'm going to figure it out as we go. I listen to a hell of a lot of Eagles podcasts. And, um, you know, I think for all of you who are fans of the team, um, undoubtedly you have tapped into the incredible wealth of talent that are passionate about the Eagles out of the Philadelphia area. Um, It would be remiss in me not mentioning Ray Didinger, who has just retired after an incredibly illustrious career as a writer and a sports personality. Um, I'm very pleased I got to listen to him for as long as I did. The man's an absolute legend and, uh, you know, his moment with his son when the Eagles won the Super Bowl in the booth after the game is one of the most touching sports moments of, of my life. And if you get a chance, look up that clip because the man 
uh, embracing his son after all those years of frustration with the Eagles not winning was quite something to see. But, um, you know, after Ray Didinger, I, I read a lot of the, the people in the, the Philadelphia media, Ruben Frank and Dave Zangaro, Tim McManus, Ross Tucker, Jeff McLean, Angela Cataldi, Angela, uh, Anthony Gargano, Mike Missinelli, Mike Missinelli, sorry, um, Johnny Marks and Ike Reese, Shiel Kapadia, Brandon Lee Gettin, James Seltzer, Elliot Shore Parks, Adam Kaplan and Jeff Mosher and Derek Gunn, to name a few, and I guarantee you I've missed some names. Um, but there are a ton of great podcasts out there, and I steal from all of them. Um, so, you know, one of the things I will do is condense Eagles news for you folks here in Australia and break it down. Um, give my thoughts on their moves. Uh, I will say I'm pretty psyched about the team this year. I feel like, um, you know, Jaquazy Tart, geez, I don't even want to try and pronounce his name. The safety we just signed was really that missing piece. Um, if Jalen Hurts can be a top 15 quarterback this year, I can't see why we couldn't threaten for the Super Bowl. I really can't. We have to stay healthy. Obviously, that's a, an ongoing theme with this team. Thankfully, it wasn't last year. But you got to be pretty fired up about this team this year. And it starts and ends with our offensive line uh, and our defensive line. You know, but uh, Jordan Mailata, um, who knows how this thing goes. We've also got Aaron Sipos on the team, our punter, who's Australian. Um, we've had Cameron Johnson in the past. I mean, so Australians have made their mark in Philadelphia football. And, you know, if this thing, you know, picks up enough listeners, we may be able to talk Jordan Mailata, the big man himself, and joining us one day for a soundbite or two. He's uh, quite the character, if you've seen him on The Masked Singer and his incredible voice. He's, uh, he's something. So certainly someone for us to all be very proud of. So as I say, we'll see where this thing goes. Um, my plan through the offseason before training camp is to do one or two of these. Once training camp comes along, um, get back into a more kind of consistent cadence. And then I certainly guarantee a podcast a week to kind of go through the previous week's game and, and preview the next game. So it's going to be exciting. I will say um, I do hate the Dallas Cowboys with a red-hot passion. I have a friend, Mike, in Melbourne who's a big Cowboys fan. And, uh, you know, he'll get a kick out of me mentioning this if he ever listens to this podcast. Um, but the rivalry for me has not diminished being here in Australia. Funny story, back when I first moved in 2005, I actually paid my friend in Toronto to uh, to record the games on NFL Game Pass uh, on a DVD recorder, and then he would ship the DVD out to me um, a week late, obviously, or oftentimes more than a week late, so I could watch the games. Thankfully, um, you know, we've got, uh, sorry, I bought him some Sunday ticket, uh, NFL Sunday ticket, and then we got Game Pass here a few years later. I didn't have to do that for too, too long. Um, but uh, obviously, life as an international sports fan has gotten a lot better with streaming services uh, and podcasts and all that great content that we can now get and make us feel like we're right in Philly. Um, if you're curious, who's my favorite player of all time? It's a hard one. I was actually thinking about this earlier. I mean, the obvious answer is Brian Dawkins. I was a defensive player my whole career, um, but I do have a real soft spot for the defensive ends. Um, Reggie White back in the day was just a man to behold. And uh, I remember watching him as a kid, learning to play defensive end myself, just thinking, boy, oh boy, it would be great to be six foot six, 290 pounds and running a four, 940 or whatever he ran. Um, you know, Randall Cunningham, when I was a kid, was always obviously a, a huge uh, favorite of mine. 
But then as the years have gone on, there's been a lot of names. You know, those jerseys I own. Andy Harmon, if, if anybody's you know, been around long enough to appreciate what he brought to the table, he was a pretty awesome defensive tackle. He was really consistent for a long time. Um, yeah, so, you know, these days, um, who, who do I really love on the team? I mean, you know, you got to get back to Brandon Graham. I, he's a hard guy not to love. You know, that strip sack in the Super Bowl, I think we'll all agree, is the greatest play in Eagles history. So it's it's hard not to start and end with him. Um, and I'll tell you, you know, talking about that Super Bowl, that memory, being there, um, I actually met my dad. So he flew from Toronto. I flew from Sydney. Um, we were there for about two days. It was freezing cold. But my goodness, to be surrounded by... You know, over half the stadium were Eagles fans. And just to be there, uh, that fight song ringing through the stadium every time something happened. And because it was such an insane game, so much yardage, so many great plays, big scores, so many things to get fired up about hugging strangers, high-fiving strangers. When they finally won, I just cried my eyes out uh, for, for probably five minutes. Just cried my eyes out like a baby. And, uh, you know, many years of of some tough years, some lean years as an Eagles fan um, to see them finally do it and to celebrate it with all those fans who've been starved for it a lot longer than me as a, you know, a, a, I guess now a 32 year long fan. Um, there was a lot more people in that stadium that had been watching them a lot longer than that. And I have a lot more of a, a stake in that team as somebody from the, you know, the Philadelphia area than I do, but it was incredible. And, uh, if they can get to get over to Sydney to play a game again, the rumor has it 2024, they're going to play the Rams here, uh, here in Sydney, which would be just incredible. Um, and would be such a great opportunity for all the fans here in Australia that love, um, that love the NFL, that wouldn't get an opportunity otherwise to go and see them. Um, let's all hope it happens because, uh, I'll certainly be my, being my tick, buying my tickets, I should say first possible, but back to this year. You know, got to be excited about it. We're strong on both lines. Jalen Hurts has got to make his, obviously, his uh, progression um, as a passer, um, less running. A.J. Brown, such a huge addition for us. He brings such a great complimentary style of football to Devontae Smith. I mean, geez, now our, our receiving talent of A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Kez Watkins, and Dallas Goddard is just it's next level. Um, and so exciting to think what those guys are going to do. Obviously, we have a a, a deep backfield of running backs. It'd be great to see Kenny Gainwell in year two. Boston Scott, you ever you ever wonder what Boston Scott could do with more carries? And then, of course, Miles Sanders, you know, who uh, I think we are all waiting for him to really break out. He's got to stay uh, healthy. He's got to hold on to the football. But, you know, he's got a lot of promise. And and now we have corners. You know, I don't mean to flip quickly over the um, to the defensive side of the football. But, you know, with Darius Slay and, uh, and Bradbury, we have two real competent corners. I love Avante Maddox in the slot. Um, and with Tart now at safety, you know, we've we've got enough there, I think. You're not going to have every position perfect in the salary cap here. It's not going to happen. So between Epps, Harris, and, and Tart, I think we're going to be okay there. Kayvon Wallace, who knows, hopefully he continues to develop. Our linebackers now are stacked. I didn't think I'd ever get to say that. Um, Hassanic Reddick, really going to be great to see a local Temple guy come in and do his thing for us. Let's let's be honest. Sacks were a real problem last year, and Jonathan Gannon's defense. So we're gonna see what he can do getting BG back. Um, maybe making Josh Sweat more of a, a three-four stand-up end will be interesting to see. I think certainly the signs all point to moving to a three-four defense. And then that's not to mention, you know, the big man, the new big man in the middle, Jordan Davis. 
and Nicobe Dean, his teammate uh, at linebacker. So, so much to be excited about um, this year. We're not going to get into it today. Today was really uh, introducing myself to you. Again, my name is Tom Longhurst. This is the first, very first uh, Birds Down Under podcast. We're going to see how we go this year. Tell your friends. Um, you know, I don't know what kind of a following of Eagles fans we have uh, in Australia. I certainly have met a couple where I live. Generally speaking, they're North Americans, um, but they're out there. And I think the more that the Eagles put focus on the market with Jordan Mailata's success, um, the more, you know, hopefully we see people jump on the bandwagon. It's a great bandwagon to be on. We welcome all newcomers. And uh, I will try not to get too deep in the jargon on this podcast, which does tend to happen on some of the podcasts. I was listening to one today talking about how the Eagles can play more big nickel and big dime, which is more safeties and corners uh, on the field at one time, if you're curious. I'm going to try and stay away from the jargon as much as I can. If I do, I'll explain it because um, I don't want to treat everybody like they're, you know, longtime football fans. Some of you may be brand new to the game. Don't want to overwhelm you. And uh, yeah, want to teach you some stuff along the way. But again, really offer my opinions. As I say, I defer to so many of the great personalities and knowledgeable beat writers, sports writers, and, and uh, online personalities and radio personalities in Philadelphia. I will steal a lot of their content, um, or at least a lot of their IP, and you know, in a, in a respectful manner, uh, make it my own. And when I say steal, I mean I listen to every one of these podcasts, and I love what I hear. Um, and uh, they've, they've got a lot of great thoughts, so it's hard not to uh, take them on board. So, that's it. That's the first podcast in the books. It's not a long one. Um, it's 14 minutes. As I say, let's hope we uh, we get this thing going and we can get some guests on. Um, I'll figure out a way to start to take emails from everybody if you've got questions. Uh, we'll have some guest callers that aren't necessarily NFL fans. I've got my friend Kiwi Glenn who uh, watches Eagles games with me. He's a convert. And uh, keen to uh, to get Kiwi Glenn on if and when he's keen. Um, and I'll sign off. Actually, we're going to go a little over 14 minutes. It's occurred to me I, I wanted to weigh in on something, you know, which is a perpetual question that gets posed to North Americans in Australia. What's tougher, you know, gridiron as, as we call it here, American football, um, or is it you know National Rugby National Rugby League NRL? Is it Rugby Union AFL? Um, I think the most comparable, obviously, is rugby union and, and rugby league. So I'm going to stick to the comparison there. And I and I will just say, man, those are super tough games. Those guys just uh, just destroy each other. And so anybody who's an NFL fan that doesn't think NRL fan NF, NRL players and rugby union players are tough, just go watch a game. Um, the answer is it's a tie. They all just kill each other. And uh, man, I wince watching all three of them. Um, all three codes play. So it's uh, anybody who thinks that rugby isn't as tough as the NFL, if you're an American or North American fan, I can tell you you're wrong, and, and vice versa for the Australians. Don't be fooled by the equipment. Um, you do an awful lot of damage with a helmet, and I can attest to that. So I just wanted to share that, uh, that thought before we sign off. So listen, I look forward to spending some time with all of you. Again, this is the Birds Down Under podcast. My name is Tom Longhurst. And I really like uh, like what we're going to do here, and look forward to getting to know uh, everybody, and and hopefully we can uh, we can share some stories and some experiences about the Eagles, 
and uh, look forward to uh, getting back with you on air soon. Take care. Like who wants war with Sydney's realists? They talk that talk on gas, but them boys, they ain't got no triggers. They act like they in trenches, but them boys ain't got no diggers. Like, spot the difference. Okay, good evening, Philadelphia Eagles fans of Australia. You just heard from Mount Druitt Drill Rap Act 1-4, which I opened up with tonight. And the reason I opened up with 1-4 tonight is they are from the Samoan community. Um, which is a great segue into our topic of conversation this evening, which is Jordan Mailata. Mentioned him last week in our inaugural podcast, Jordan Mailata being the left tackle for the Philadelphia Eagles from Sydney, Australia. So tonight we're going to fully unpack the amazing story that is Jordan Mailata, because I have to tell you, uh, it is remarkable. And we're going to tell it from two sides, the Jordan Mailata side of it, um, what he's accomplished to get where he's gotten, and then the Philadelphia Eagles side of it, what they did as a franchise to get themselves into a position to take advantage of his incredible skill set. So tonight is really focused on Jordan and his story. Um, and, you know, a couple of items to start with. Uh, you know, my first inaugural podcast came and went, like all things, you know, you wish you could take a couple things back. Funnily enough, I mentioned in the first podcast that I played 11 years of high school football. Funnily enough, I was not in high school for 11 years, only six with a victory lap. So just to clarify, I did actually play five years of university football at Wilfrid Laurie University. So not 11 years of high school football. Um, my friend Tim in Toronto, Canada, did also point out that I forgot to mention another Australian who's played for the Philadelphia Eagles. And that was punter Savraka back in 2007-2008 timeframes. Savraka had given up uh, a pretty illustrious career as a punter, or as a kicker, I should say, or an AFL player, um, and moved into the NFL as a punter, which really started a wave of Australian kickers for the Philadelphia Eagles, with Cameron Johnson and now currently Aaron Sippos all uh, playing the role of the punter on the team. That's the person who gets the ball snapped to them and kicks the ball as far away from them as possible to try and pin the other team back and make it easier for the defense to play a longer field. So not surprisingly, there's a lot of really talented kickers that have come out of the AFL into the National Football League, uh, and the Eagles seem to have cornered the market on them. So, um, But tonight we're talking about Jordan Mailata. So Jordan is the six foot eight. Uh, 166 kilogram or 365 pound monster of a man who hails from Bankstown, New South Wales in Sydney. And for the Australian listeners uh, of this podcast, I'll know Bankstown is a pretty tough part of Sydney. It's also got a very large Samoan community, which is where Mr. Mylotta hails from. And uh, he was born to a couple of Samoan immigrants who moved to Sydney from Samoa. Now, I will say that Samoa has a real track record of NFL players. American Samoa has produced the likes of uh, Dan Sayamua, who was a defensive tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, people like Junior Seau, um, although I want to fact check myself, Junior Seau may not actually be from American Samoa. Uh, I have to say, by the way, my research department consists of a guy by the name of Gary, last name Google. I Google things, sometimes I'm going to get it wrong. So just going to let you know. Um, but anyway, the short answer is, though, that a lot of talented um, football players have come out of American Samoa. 
Um, Jordan is in a long line of them. However, what's unique about Jordan is that he hails from Australia. So let's get into the two sides of what makes this man remarkable. Um, and let's start with him. So Jordan was born March 31st, 1997, as I say, in Bankstown in Sydney, um, which is in Western Sydney for those who are not from Australia. Uh, it's, um, as I say, kind of a working class, tough part of the city. And Jordan grew up in a pretty large family with brothers and sisters, um, and he got his start in rugby league. We talked about what's the toughest sport last year, or last week, and I said, you know, rugby league, rugby union, the National Football League, they're all equally tough. Well, um, Mr. Mylotta got his start with the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs under 18's team and got noticed because I tell you, if you go back and look um, for YouTube footage of Jordan playing Rugby league, it's like literally a man playing amongst children. I mean, he is just ridiculously big and fast and strong, like absurd. And so somebody, uh, a scout, saw him for the South Sydney Rabbitohs, their under-20s team. And so if you go again and find footage, it's of him playing for the under-20s Rabbitohs team. Uh, and man, just, you know, you can see the athleticism, the explosion out of this guy um, really clearly on tape. But he joined something called the International Player Pathway Program. Um, and that program was designed to get the NFL to see some of the amazing talent in the international um, kind of athletic market, if you will, on who might be viable targets to make it into the National Football League. So um, Jordan went and worked for the International Player Pathway Program and got noticed. To the point where uh, he had NFL scouts really intrigued at his size and speed and strength. The man is massive. Again, I'll say it again. Six foot eight, so 2.03 meters high, 166 kilograms or 365 pounds. He is a big man, and he is a big man by NFL standards. Okay, so obviously the National Football League is full of huge humans. Jordan is big even by their standards, um, and his athleticism just stood out. So one of the teams that were pretty captivated by his uh, potential was the Philadelphia Eagles. And their offensive line coach, Jeff Stoutland, who is an absolute like man among boys in, in his own right as a coach, um, he's definitely one of the top kind of five offensive line coaches in the league. And he had some time to, to, to spend with Jordan and got a sense of his athletic ability and his untapped potential, as he says in an interview, the great thing about Jordan was he didn't know anything about the game because he'd never played it. So he didn't have any bad habits he had to kind of uh, unwind. Anyway, so the Eagles were so kind of kind of enamored with him that they decided to do something that's pretty rare. They decided to actually draft Jordan in the NFL draft. Now, uh, as I promised last show, we're not going to get into too much jargon here, but I am going to explain some of the concepts of the NFL for people that are new to the game. The NFL draft happens every single year. There are 32 teams in the National Football League, and each team gets one pick around for seven rounds. Now, there are some subsequent additional picks that kind of get allocated to teams for losses and free agency that get tacked on as compensatory picks from rounds three and on. So you end up getting, you know, roughly around 250 players drafted per year. And the majority of those players come out of the 129 football programs in Division I SBS, FBS college football, who um, are the top teams in American college football. So 129 teams each would have a starting left tackle, which is the big guy who protects the blind side of the most important person on the field, the quarterback. 
So the quarterback, the QB, is what every team pays the most money towards, is the most important position on the field. Um, and the left tackle is the big person who protects, protects that quarterback and ensures that they stay upright and can get the ball thrown down the field. So the draft happens in 2018, and we get to the seventh round, and Jordan has predictably not been selected. I mean, the guy has never played any American football in his entire life. But the Eagles felt so strongly that they needed to come away from the draft drafting him. They actually moved up in the seventh round ahead of the Pittsburgh Sealers. And general manager Howie Roseman, and Howie loves to wheel and deal. If you know the team, you'll know he loves to trade. He got up ahead of the Steelers to draft Jordan Mailata in the seventh round. Now, that in itself was pretty remarkable because, uh, you know, generally speaking, when you are somebody who's never played any college football at all, you're not going to get drafted. In fact, there is um, only one other player that has been drafted without any college experience, and that was a German by the name of Moritz Boringer. I probably mispronounced it. Um, so Moritz also got drafted with no uh, NFL experience. Um, now, Jared Hain, who's a name that Australians will know from rugby league, unfortunately now is in a state penitentiary. Uh, he did have a, a stint in the National Football League as a running back and a returner. He was never drafted. So Jared never got drafted. Um, and, you know, but he did have some success, which obviously opened the doors to guys like Jordan. Anyway, the Philadelphia Eagles make the selection of Jordan Malad in the seventh round for the very simple reason that they didn't want to miss out on him. But they also knew he was a project, a massive project, and needed to spend time with that amazing coach, Jeff Stoutland. And we're going to come back to Jeff later. But to put in perspective how absolutely daunting the task is of getting into the National Football League, um, let me give you some numbers to consider here. So as I said, there's 129 Division I college football teams. Um, there's also a ton of Division II and Division III college football teams in America that produce amazing talent. And all, all of these players, by and large, have played since you know before high school and have played this game their entire lives. Um, so first off, every year you have to contend as a rookie with the massive volume of new players that enter the National Football League. And to put a finer number on that, um, there is something called the NFL Combine, which is really where scouts get to measure, push, prod, and watch um, the draft prospects before the draft. And last year, there were 58 offensive linemen. So Jordan Mailata is a left tackle. On the offensive line, there are five starters, a left tackle, a right tackle, a left guard, a right guard, and a center. So 58 of those players got invited to the the NFL Combine last year, okay? Every year, give or take 60 of those players will get invited to the Combine. Those are the elite prospects of the, the NFL draft, okay? Jordan's up against that. Jordan's never played this game at all in his life, and so he's up against, you know, call it 60 prospects who are the best of the best at their position have played the game their entire lives. And those those guys will get into the league, and a lot of them won't won't succeed. A lot, the majority of them will fail. Um, you know, they, there's a joke out there that the NFL stands for not for long. Well, it stands for not for long because it's so competitive every year. A huge new crop of talent comes into the league. And if you're just kind of hanging on, well, best of luck to you. Um, so that's the odds that Jordan's up against. Never played the game. He's up against a huge crop of new players every single year. In saying that, the Philadelphia Eagles saw enough. They said, we're going to draft this guy. So they picked Jordan Mailata in the seventh round, knowing that they had to really mold him and spend some time with him and their amazing coach, Jeff Setlin, to get him to a point where he could actually be you know, a capable NFL player. Well, 
boy, they absolutely succeeded that. And what's incredible also, not only is Jordan completely, you know, up against it and he has no experience at all, but the position he plays, left tackle, is one of the hardest positions in the league and requires a strange combination of massive size and cat-like agility and strength, which is very, very rare to find because these guys have got to stop very, very fast individuals that are generally smaller and faster than them from getting to their quarterback. And I looked this up, the top 32 offensive linemen, as ranked by Pro Football Focus, an, amar- an amazing website with lots and lots of data, last year ranked the top 32 offensive linemen, the big guys who protect the quarterback in the league. And Jordan Mailata ranked second by grading of anybody who plays the left tackle position in the National Football League. But here's the rub. Of those 32 players that were ranked the top offensive linemen in the National Football League, almost two-thirds, so it's just slightly under two-thirds of them, were drafted in the first round of the NFL draft, okay? Bear in mind that Jordan was drafted in the seventh round. The only other player in the top 32 offensive linemen that was kind of comparable is a guy by the name of Lyle Collins, who was, who was picked up by the Dallas Cowboys after he was accused of murder before the draft. And went undrafted. He was meant to be a first-round draft pick and didn't get drafted at all because teams saw so much risk they said no chance. But generally speaking, two-thirds of the of the top 32 NFL offensive linemen are first-round draft picks. And the remainder are, generally speaking, second- and third-round picks with Jordan being an, an outlier in the seventh round and this guy Lyle Collins who had extenuating circumstances. But I cannot stress enough how remarkable it is that Jordan has made anything of himself, let alone the second-graded left tackle in all of the National Football League last year, as graded by Pro Football Focus. That is a stunning achievement for an Australian out of Sydney that had never played this game at all and just decided to take a crack at getting into this NFL player, you know, international player pathways program to see if anybody would notice him. And I heard a great quote from Jordan. He wanted to prove to Americans that non-Americans could play American football. Uh, which is pretty cool. If you actually go to the Philadelphia Eagles website and type in Jordan Mailata, they have a great little story about him. It's about 12 minutes long, and it talks about his roots and where he's come from, um, his Samoan background, uh, and kind of how he's got where he's gotten today. But here's the other side of this remarkable story. So Jordan um, didn't become a full-time starter until last season. The previous season, he started seven games in replacement of injured players, and he played pretty well. But last year, the Philadelphia Eagles saw enough in training camp, which is the period the players go through. Each team sends their players through all sorts of practicing before the season starts. And the Philadelphia Eagles saw enough from Jordan Mailata to give him a four-year, $64 million contract with a $40.85 million guaranteed, uh, guaranteed portion of the contract. You think to yourself, geez, that's big money. Like, well done, Jordan. But here's the amazing part about that. The Eagles did this well before he had actually become a full-time starter. They placed a bet saying, we think this guy's going to be so good, we're willing to pay him pretty solid money for a left tackle in the National Football League because they're a premium position that costs a lot. So the Eagles bet on Jordan saying, we think he's going to be amazing and we want to sign him early. Well, they were right because last year Jordan, as I said, was the second-ranked offensive left tackle in the National Football League. And that same pro football focus has recently ranked the top 32 most friendly contracts signed by NFL teams and Jordan's contract is number one in the National Football League as the most team-friendly contract. And you think to yourself, oh, well, they really took advantage of Jordan. No, what they did was they placed a bet on him. So this is where the Eagles, you know, you've got Jordan's side, God-given talent, 
obviously hard work, dedication, and just a drive to succeed. But on the other side, you've got a team, the Philadelphia Eagles, who've said, A, we're going to draft this guy. B, we're going to put him under the tutelage of Jeff Stetland, one of the best offensive line coaches in the league. And C, we have the foresight to say this guy's going to be absolutely exceptional, and we're going to pay him well for this now before he's worth so much more. And that's why he has the number one ranked most favorable contract in the National Football League, according to Pro Football Focus. Pretty, pretty stunning stuff. And, you know, I, I can't stress enough. If you are new to the National Football League and you've heard this name and you're Australian, you're like, well, I want to I want to learn more about this guy. If there's one singular reason why you should become a fan of the Philadelphia Eagles, this guy is a world beater. And I mentioned last week he was on The Masked Singer. He's got he's a songbird of a generation like uh, I mean, he's seriously just an incredible voice, um, which is a very Polynesian thing. That's singing is a big part of their culture. Well, they, they all can't sing like Jordan, I can tell you. So, the, again, the talent levels for this guy are through the roof, and he sounds like he is just genuinely a lovely guy. Um, so if there's any reason to say, what team should I follow? Follow the Eagles. We're going to be a good team this year, and Jordan is such an easy guy to pull for. So that was really what I wanted to go through today. Um, just explain to you kind of how incredible – he is and the story behind him and how he got where he's gotten. The numbers are remarkable. The odds of him succeeding are just staggering. And we just should all watch the guy in awe. And I'll tell you, go watch some of his highlight film of him playing as an Eagle. And he just dominates out there. Like, again, even compared to the pros that play this game for millions of dollars in the National Football League, he stands out. Which for a guy who'd never even played the game until 2018 is just ridiculous. Like, just think about this. He was playing rugby league, and I I really suggest go YouTube Jordan Mylotta rugby and watch the highlights. It's absurd. It really, really is. So that was the purpose of today's podcast. The Eagles right now are in a bit of a slow period. They have training camp coming up in July before, or July, uh, late July, early August, before they go into the preseason. They play four preseason games, and then the fun kicks off in September when the, the regular season starts. So, you know, a bit of a slow time right now, which is why I really wanted to set the scene today, give you that background on Jordan. Um, and again, you know, we're going to have a couple of, uh, I'm away for the next couple of weeks, um, going back to Canada, but absolutely going to be, you know, doing potentially a show from there, but, uh, you know, get a preseason show going. And then, as I said before, uh, if, if not more, uh, we will have at least a podcast a week in regular season to go through the previous week's games and um, preview the upcoming games. Kiwi Glenn is keen to get on. I'm going to get Mike, the Cowboys fan from Melbourne, to join us because he knows more about sports than any normal human being should. I've got some Canadians who I really should get on here. My friend Matt in Toronto. He is actually kind of a big deal in the sports radio, sports TV world in Canada. Uh, I really would be remiss not getting him on. Uh, I've got my mate George, who loves rugby unions. Probably a great vantage point of you know how a rugby union fan can kind of get into this sport and the parallels there. So lots of guests coming up. Um, I appreciate all of you that uh, have listened to the first episode. Mostly family and friends. Let's call it what it is. But that's okay. You got to start somewhere, right, everybody? Um, so keep listening. Tell everybody about this thing. Um, today was kind of an unusual episode, but uh, we're going to get more into the team. Um, each position, strengths and weaknesses, how I think they're going to do. All that stuff's coming. I can assure you of that. So um, lots of stuff to look forward to ahead. Big season coming up here. Again, as I said last week, I think the Eagles could make a real run here. They've got to stay healthy. 
Um, Jalen Hurts has got to make ma- massive strides as a passer, but it's there for them. So everybody, um, week two or the second episode is in the books. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And um, I wanted to thank our sponsor, by the way, before we sign off for the night. Mix possum removals. If we can't get it out of your roof, then do it yourself. All right, everyone. Thanks so much. And uh, look forward to getting back on air with you soon. Take care.